This is episode 9 on the Millennial Life School podcast with Kelvin Chu on overcoming perfectionism. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Millennial Life School podcast, where it's all about inspiring and encouraging 20 to 30-something-year-olds as we figure life out together. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode on the Millennial Life School podcast. I'm so happy you guys are here because this episode is such a treat. This is something that I actually learned a lot for myself because I don't know about you, but I struggle with perfectionism. Like, I feel like I'm someone who really, I just, I just want to always put out the best out there. And if I feel like I'm not putting out my best, I get really upset at myself. But over the years, especially as a content creator, especially as someone who's trying to put out things out there constantly, being a perfectionist, I realize is like the biggest roadblock. And, you know, I feel like there's been so many times when, um, you know, I was so slow at doing something or so many projects that I couldn't finish because of perfectionism. So I'm super excited to share this episode with Calvin Chu because in this episode, we talk about how to overcome perfectionism. So just a brief background about Calvin Chu. He is someone who is really creative. He does content creation, photography, videography. He's also a singer-songwriter, and he's scheduled to release five books this year. So he's someone who is always constantly putting out content and doing all these creative work. But something that I found really interesting about this guy is that he's been doing this thing called daily vlogging for almost two and a half years. I think he's at like 910 uh, vlog episodes. Every single day, he puts out a vlog. And I found that really, really interesting because he told me that he actually started doing this so that he can overcome perfectionism and how he struggled as a creative person to put out things because he always wanted to tweak it a little bit and try to make it perfect and he just felt like nothing was good enough. But this whole daily vlogging thing has actually helped him to really focus on putting out content and being okay with putting something that is not perfect. So this is something that I learned so much from. And he really goes into the mindset of like why we struggle so much with perfectionism and why, you know, we find it so hard to put out things that we're not fully satisfied with. And so if you are someone like me and you've struggled with perfectionism or if you're someone who is really creative but you've been having a hard time to actually start and actually putting out your art and your content whether it's starting a youtube channel or recording an igtv or whatever it is if you've been having a hard time just getting your art started i feel like this episode would be something that would help you out a lot. So I'm super excited. So let's get right in. Mom, oh my. This, this is, is Millennial uh, Life School Podcast with Taron Kiron Han. Hi, good Whoa. seeing you. Welcome yes. to the Millennial Life School Podcast, Kelvin. <laughs> Thank you. 
Awesome. It's such a pleasure to have you on my podcast. Honestly, yeah, it's you know, great to be here too. Thank you so much. Um, so one thing that I found interesting about you is that you're this like amazing creative person. So you do like content creation, you're, you do community development, you're a videographer, photographer, marketing strategist, but also, but you told me that you actually started off on a medical route. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, on the path to dentistry. Yeah, and then for a what long happened? Time. <laughs> uh, basically, I interned at a dental clinic for like almost two years, realized it wasn't for me, and I just stopped doing it. <laughs> Like it was a, it was an awkward conversation with my parents because uh-huh. I think I had just sent in my applications for dental school. Like I already took the DATs and everything. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. What made you first decide to do dental school? Um, honestly, it was just because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my bio degree. Because like since I was young, mm-hmm. I was I just had that like mindset that I needed to do something in the medical field. And like, that's not really a, like, it wasn't ever really a personal desire, but it's just because I kept being fed that information. Like, oh, I need to do that in order to succeed. And so mm. like when I was really young, my parents were like, oh, you should be a bioengineer. And because I was a kid, I was like, okay, I'll do that. I'll listen <laughs> to my parents. Um, and I just never questioned it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just always on that path, like doing bio-sci for all four years of undergrad. And then... I think it was like my senior year. I was like, oh, shoot. Okay, well, I'm not going to be a doctor because I kind of struggle with dissections. Uh-huh. So I'll just do like, I'll be like a dentist because I have like a few dentists in my family. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, cool. I'll be a dentist. And I studied for the DATs, took the tests, applied. And then I was like, nope, not going to do it anymore. <laughs> what, made you, what made you decide? Because that's, that's such a huge decision. And it's not easy to tell I mean, Asian parents, I guess, in terms of like, um, by the way, um, I studied biological science and mm-hmm. I'm actually not going to be a dentist. Like, what was that like? How, how did you decide? Um, I mean, there were like several factors. Honestly, like part of me, I just, I wasn't that excited. I just realized there were so many skills that I had and so many things that I was good at and they were just not going to be utilized in the field mm-hmm. of dentistry. Right. Um, and after interning, like this was a long, long time that I made the decision over. Like I sat in the office for like over a year, wow. just like watching my uncle. Cause like I interned mm-hmm. under my uncle, just watching procedures and stuff like that. And you know, it wasn't bad, but I definitely felt like it was a waste almost mm-hmm. of what I had to offer. And like, not, not to put down like the yeah. dental, medical industry. I think it's amazing. I have friends, obviously family who are dentists, but I just felt that it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be a good steward if I just kept going along that path. Like, yeah, maybe financially makes a lot of sense because there's Mm -hmm. good income. But if I did that, would it really be offering the best of myself? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That takes incredible self-awareness for you to recognize, okay, like these are the talents and the skills and the giftings that I have. And am I being a good steward of that? So when you were sitting in that dentist office interning, what were some of the things that you knew was unique about you that only you had that you wanted to really offer to the world and I guess maximize on who you are? 
uh, for one, I think I was like way too creative. Mm. (laughs) 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 And so like, I would get a little bit bored. Uh Like another thing about me is like, I love systems and that's kind Mm -hmm. of where I get to be creative with like my current work and the Uh other stuff that I do. But like after a while, it's just like, this is not that fun. It's not Mm -hmm. that exciting. Mm -hmm. And I would catch myself like daydreaming. I guess not really daydreaming, but like thinking about other things. Uh, stuff that I could be doing because while I was doing this I also had things on the side right at the time uh, I was doing like video stuff music stuff I was bringing people together I was doing community things and I was like you know I'm so much better Mm. at doing that stuff than dentistry (laughs) um yeah yeah. no I I don't remember a specific point where I was like I need to quit but Mm. I think it was more just over time uh, living as if I were to be a dentist while doing other stuff. It's just, I felt like someone else would be better in my role to be a dentist. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like by yeah. me continuing to pursue dentistry, I was taking up a spot that mm-hmm. someone else who's more passionate about it um, and more skilled in those mm-hmm. things. Like I, I would just be taking up their spot. So. Wow. That's so powerful what you said. I think I never thought about it in that way before, like taking up someone else's spot that another person who is more fit for that position mm-hmm. to be in. And I feel like we often try to like force ourselves to like fit a certain form of like, for example, like I just get this image of like being, you know, being a square that is trying to fit into a circle. And it's like, mm. it's frustrating because it's like, oh, like I'm trying to fit in, but like, this is not working. Yeah. And like, you know, I don't feel like I'm good at this or, you know, things like that. But sometimes mm-hmm. like, I think we have to realize like, okay, maybe you're, maybe, you know, you're at a job and you feel like you suck because you're not good at your job or something. Maybe um, the case is it doesn't mean that you suck, but it just means that you're not in the right place. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's where a lot of people are. Honestly, yeah. most, at least for me, most of my mm-hmm. friends, most people I know, we go through elementary school, middle school, high school, college, being fed what we should be. Mm. right and that leads to a huge disconnect especially like when you're going into like upper divs and then after you graduate you know most people don't use their degrees right yeah. <laughs> like a lot <laughs> of people go in thinking they're going to become something and then they change paths later uh sometimes because because of just opportunity mm-hmm. and other times because they realize they just don't like it anymore or they're not very passionate about it or they're just not well suited with their skill set yeah and i think it it takes a process it's a process you mm-hmm. know for us to like go through that and because like you know when you're younger like you're like you said you're told in terms of like who you should be and like mm-hmm. when you're younger you just kind of comply with that and even for me too like growing up I didn't really know what I wanted to do but I went to mm-hmm. school and I I studied business because mm-hmm. I had no idea what I wanted to do <laughs> I knew business, studying business is like the broadest way I could do, I could right. go back. Cause I'm At like, least it's okay. flexible. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, um, like, do I want to do a, you know, like if it's too specific, like medical routes, I'm like, okay, but what if I'm not a doctor, you know, like I can't do that. But if it's business, I was like, okay, well, if I'm interested in cars, maybe one day I could do business in cars. If I'm interested in, you know, it's, um, I don't know, like, clothes I can do business selling clothes or something like that 
So mm -hmm. I chose business because I had no idea what I wanted to do. And then, like, after I graduated, that was when I was like, crap, like, what the heck do I actually want to do? <laughs> yeah, man. No one asks the real hard questions yeah. while you're on the path. Um, yeah. And honestly, it's like, it's not to fault parents mm -hmm. or anything, because I think from the parents' perspective, like, they want to just support us. Yeah. At the end of the day, they encourage us to do these things because they want for us stability, um, wealth, uh, safe mm -hmm. finances, they want us to have a good life. But I think what's really unfortunate is that a lot of the previous generation, especially like the ones before us, a lot of immigrant families, mm -hmm. they were just never educated how to articulate those thoughts. And yeah. also English is a second language for a lot of them. So for them, the easiest way to communicate is just do these jobs and you'll be okay. Mm. And then while you're on the path, they just encourage you because that's the only path to success that they know and they don't want to discourage you. And then it becomes like a cycle or a loop because for us, our parents are paying for our college tuition most of the time. And we feel that we can't even tell them we're not happy where we are. Like mm. we don't want to disappoint them. It just becomes an ongoing cycle. Yeah. Like fear of disappointing your parents. Like that is, that is huge. And for mm -hmm. me too, um, that's something that I struggle most with when I was, when I actually told them like, Hey, by the way, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to move to Bali. <laughs> and then um, I had to like show them like, hey, by the way, this is something that I created. This is my online store. Like it's actually stuff there and like people are actually buying stuff. And like I had to, it took a while for me to convince them. Mm -hmm. But I think now doing what I'm doing, they see so much growth in me mm -hmm. and they're really genuinely proud of me and are very supportive but it took a long time to get to get here mm -hmm. like I remember there was times when you know my parents would call and they would just tell me you know all these different things and I was so discouraged and disappointed and I remember talking to you know a lot of my friends about it and stuff like that so it it definitely takes courage um but I think at one point um we all have to realize like we have to learn how to think for ourselves Mm -hmm. absolutely and, yeah and um for those people um who you said you see a lot of people who are kind of um not really playing on their strengths and where they're at or they're mm -hmm. at a job that's not necessarily a good fit, fit for them mm -hmm. do you have any advice for those people in terms of how they can start to figure out you know what it is that they can really excel in or what job that they should be looking into yeah. I mean, um, the first thing I want to say is don't quit your job. Like mm. not yet. Don't, don't just like drop your job without yeah. a plan because uh -huh. <laughs> I believe in being responsible as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I think what you can do is while you're at your job, figure out what you are actually good at, like where your skills are. Just look back on like your childhood, your hobbies, things that you've done up until then, because a lot of skills are translatable. You know, and that's why I think sometimes you can go into a field or industry and still be okay because mm -hmm. you can take skills you've gotten either from like undergrad or from outside activities that you can apply. And I think that's what's really important, just understanding what you are good at and then finding an industry where you can apply those skills or apply that knowledge. Because at the end of the day, you know, if you want a job, working a career, all you need to do is problem solve. Mm -hmm. That's it right? Like people hire you because they want you to solve a problem. And 
if you can figure out what skills you have and what problems you can solve, then that at least gives you a direction into what you could potentially do. Um, right. And yes. maybe it's in a field that you didn't even think of in the first place. Yeah, yeah. That's where I would start. That's so good. Um, and also I wanted to ask you, so you've been doing this thing called daily vlogging. I think, yeah. um, you've been doing it for how long it's you're at however many numbers of posts I have. Hold on, let me, 893 posts. So I've been doing this every day for 893 days. That's crazy. So can you tell me a little bit about daily vlogging, like how you started, why you started? Yeah. So, I mean, what it is first is basically every day, usually at night before the next day, or sometimes I'll do it in the morning if I'm tired the night before, Mm -hmm. I'll give myself 15 minutes and just edit whatever footage I have that I've taken like just of my own life using my phone, like the most basic process I could have. Like I literally, I have an iPhone six S mm-hmm. I don't even have the newest iPhone. <laughs> so I use this to film and record, give myself a maximum 15 minutes. And at the end of 15 minutes, that's just what I put out. Right. Mm-hmm. Regardless of how I feel about how good the video is. Sometimes it's really basic. Like there's no editing. It's just like a video of my cat, for example. Mm-hmm. And other times it'll be a little more in depth. Like when I went to BlizzCon, like last year or a year, more than a year ago, uh, stitching a lot of video clips together. Either way, it's maximum 15 minutes. And the reason why I started doing that, why that came to be is because I struggled so much with perfectionism as like a a creative person. Uh, I mean, I could go all the way back to when I was in like high school or even before that, where I didn't even understand or know that I had the problem. But for me, I really like to do music at that time. Mm-hmm. And I would always record different things, but I would never post or release things because I was so self-conscious about my voice and I was afraid of what others would think about me and also be just worrying about the quality of the content itself. Like I would always be in that mm-hmm. mode of editing, like, oh, I can make this a little bit better, a little bit better. Oh, maybe I'll spend like another hour tomorrow and make it even better. And then it just never gets posted. It just stays sitting, rotting away in my hard drive. and that's the way I lived life up until I want to say 2000 late 2016, early 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause at that time I started working at Tra- Travis Robertson, which is now known as don't settle group. And they hired me originally to be their creative director to create their videos for them, scripting, uh, media, marketing, all that kind of stuff. And my, bo- do my boss, like, bless his heart, man. He loved on me. Uh, he just mm-hmm. mentored me through all the problems because I could do great things for him, but I could never do them for myself. And he saw that problem, like I think maybe a month in because I was producing like video after video for him and making him look good. And he would ask me like, Oh, what, what am I doing on my own time? Like, what have I created for myself? And I would just, oh, yeah, I have a few projects here and there. He knew I was doing some music stuff. Like, oh, I recorded. I'm still editing. And he would ask me, like, why is this not posted? Why are you not doing anything with what you've created? You're basically depriving the world mm-hmm. of participating in what you're creating and what you love doing. And basically, he proceeded to have, like, a SmackDown session with me and calling me out on my fear and my struggle with perfectionism. And he him calling that out really helped me to see it. Cause I didn't even 
I wasn't super aware that I had the problem myself. Like I knew that I was self-conscious, but what I didn't realize is I was letting that fear hold me back from one improving and two just being the best of who I could be. So it was that day that I decided like, Oh man, I need to take action and figure this out. And the only way I knew how was just to make videos. Cause I was doing a lot of videos for work at the time. So I was like, you know what? Every day I'm just going to film something and I don't care. I'm going to post it the next day. Like, I don't care how good it is. Like if you watch some of my, actually don't, don't go watch. Okay. I'm going to scroll down all night to number one. It's going to take you forever to scroll. (laughs) But like, I remember there was one of the earliest videos I had super cringe. I had an acai bowl and I was making like fruit puns. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I stuck with it. You know, I just, I did a video every day only using my phone. I kept the process as simple as possible because what was important for me is not the quality of the production, but being okay with an imperfect product, right? Mm. And I think that's really, I mean, not to pat myself on the shoulder, but it's a little bit profound because as creators, we Mm. want to only showcase our best, Mm. right? We want everything that we put out to be like our 100% that we can like show it off to the world and share our art with other people. But the thing is, when we get stuck in that kind of mindset, what happens is we end up not even really creating. Mm. Because thinking back when I was younger, I would create, 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 but I would create the same project and only edit that one project. Versus now, it's more of a practice mindset because every day I'm practicing. And with practice, every day you get better. You know, it's not editing the same video, but it's editing lots of different videos, having more at-bats, practicing more with like my phone camera work mm-hmm. um and just being able to storytell and over the last i don't know what is the 800 800 like over two years uh-huh. i just know like it's <laughs> over two years i think um i can see that i got better like not all of my vlogs nowadays i still have like lazy ones where it's literally just like a still mm-hmm. video but i can see the change you know getting better in storytelling and really sharing what i want to share And that just comes through practice. And that's such an important thing as a creator. Like, don't worry about putting something that's subpar because two years later, no one's going to scroll all the way back to see your very first post. (laughs) Honestly, just keep creating um, and keep trying and do it for you. Don't do it for impressing others. Don't do it for trying to look good. Uh, Just do it because you love doing it. And that applies not just to art, but to a lot of other things that you do. You know, a lot of people don't start new hobbies because they feel that if they claim that they have this hobby, they have to be really good at it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really sad because I think it's very healthy to have hobbies that you're just not good at Uh because the point in doing that is enjoying the process of having that hobby. Right. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling yeah. on a little no, bit right now. But, yeah. No, but that that was so good. Um, what you said about being okay with the imperfect product, because I definitely can relate to that perfectionist <laughs> mindset, and it really wears me down, and it, it like it takes a toll on my body because mm-hmm. I'm always like nothing's good enough, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm always like in this mindset of like, oh, like, oh, like 
no, I got to do it better. Oh, no, I got to do it better. And then like I get, I feel, I think in a way, I almost feel ashamed of putting something out that I know I can make better if I worked on it a little bit longer. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's, oh, yeah. it's not healthy for me. And also because of that, because of that professional mindset, it actually makes me uh, delay a lot of different things. And it makes me mm-hmm. be someone who is late on a lot of different things. Or like, <laughs> you know, like things like that, where it's just like, oh, like I, you know, I should have, I should be ready, but I'm like right before the deadline, I'm like scrambling, trying to like do something and I'm super, super stressed out and mm. I'm putting things together, you know? And uh, yeah, I, I hundred percent feel that. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's so inefficient. And for me, like I'm still learning and like, yeah, it's, it's challenging. I think a lot of times um, for me with my personality, I love I get so, I'm so curious as a person. So I try a lot of different things and I'm always like, I want to learn new things. And then mm-hmm. I put something out or I try something. And then if I feel like it's not good enough, it's not even like, I don't care what other people think about it. It's more like, it's not good enough for me. It doesn't mm-hmm. meet my standard. Then I just, mm-hmm. I tend to get so discouraged. And I know as a creator, it's, that is not how we should think about it. We should think about progress, not perfection, but it is challenging for me still. Yeah. I mean, what my uh, previous boss told me that it's better. I mean, he didn't just tell me it was this. Mm -hmm. He would speak to audiences and he would tell them it's better to have something that's 90% great than to not put out something that's a hundred percent perfect. Right. Yeah. Because at least if you put out something that's 90% great, at least other people can share with that experience with mm-hmm. you. And at least you've completed a project. Yeah, right? that's true. What, perfectionist, what perfectionism causes is incompleteness. Mm-hmm. Like we never finish a product. Yeah. Because we're too afraid to like put our stamp on it. Like, hey, mm. this is me. This is my best. Right. We're afraid yeah. to say that because we want it to be the best. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. And I think just learning to not judge yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and that's a huge one. Um, so from the first time you started daily vlogging and the mindset you were in and like the fears and just the thoughts that were going through your head when you first started versus mm-hmm. where you're at now with the daily vlogs, has anything changed in terms of mindset and your thought process? Well, in terms of mindset, I definitely in the beginning, I was trying to be like an influencer. I was trying to be cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was trying to like just show people the cool parts of my life, basically. Oh man, I remember that. I remember those (laughs) days. Um, Yeah, nowadays, I just, I don't even care. (laughs) I just, it's whatever's happening in my life. Because for Mm -hmm. me, what Instagram has done for me is it's a video journal of my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I like I number my vlogs because it's easier for me to go back and find the ones with my family. Like I love my brother and my sisters. Um, and for me watching those videos again, gives me so much joy. Like we went to big bear this past winter and like, I just posted like a bunch of vlogs of just like us doing like family stuff. Mm-hmm. Some of us like really stupid things. Like we made a snowman or, or snow woman mm-hmm. called her Snowell. silly stuff like that but i i love it like Mm. instagram is now my personal 
video journal to remember the small moments that I've had with other people. And it just fills me with so much joy. And I love that compared to when I first started, it's like, Oh, I need to, I'm on Instagram now. I need to look mm-hmm. cool for other people. I need people to follow me. Um, so that, that is definitely one of the biggest changes I would say. Yeah. Uh, and so for people, for other creative people who have all these ideas and visions and dreams of like things they want to create, but they haven't been able to start it yet. Uh, mm-hmm. What advice would you have for people like that? Make something bad and just put it out. And like, uh-huh. what do you, <laughs> mean, what do you mean make something bad? Uh-huh. So make something intentionally not good. Uh-huh. And just put it out and say, and just say that it's bad. Like, I think one of the fastest ways to work on perfectionism is to finish projects. Mm-hmm. And when you work on a project that you really care about, that you love, you want it to be great. And because you want it to be great, sometimes you give yourself excuses for not finishing. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you can start just doing projects that like aren't even good, like do something satirical or, uh, I don't know, take a picture of your pillow or something and make uh-huh. a random post about it. I don't care. Just do, do something, finish yeah. it and put your name on it mm-hmm. because a year later, no one's going to remember it except for you. Maybe, um, yeah. the point is to just finish things to mm. put your name on stuff and claim it as your own. Because as you do that, the more times you create, the better you get at it. Mm-hmm. And one day you're creating effortlessly in like 15 minutes, what would previously take you an hour of editing, mm. right? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. It's, it's almost like <laughs> you know, if you purposely put something out bad, you have, you know, in your mind, it's like, well, there, I could only go up from here. <laughs> yeah, right. And also like if other people say it's bad, dude, agree with them. Yeah, I know, yeah. man. I, I was like trying to do this like really derpy video or like, I know this is bad. I'm just putting this out there because I thought it was funny or mm. just because yeah. I want to. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if you've watched um, this YouTube series. I don't know if it's a series, but there's this guy. Uh, he also gave a TED talk. I think it's called hundred days of rejection. You know what I'm talking about? That sounds amazing. I have not seen it or heard uh-huh. of it, but I but, already like the sound of it. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's this guy who was so scared of getting rejected that it was hindering him from a lot of different things. So he decided, you know what? I'm going to go and purposely get rejected so that it, it desensitizes you from all the different things. And he said, you know, what he realized is that, you know, when you ask all these people ridiculous favors of like, hey, do you want to give me $100? Like random things that he knows that he, he, he would get rejected. He said, sometimes even if it's, like a really ridiculous offer of like, hey, can I, I'm just going to put this dead flower in your lawn. Is this okay? Like some people would actually just say, okay, yes. So it's a really interesting experiment. I feel like you would enjoy it, but it almost yes. seems, it kind of reminds me of that in terms of like being okay with having your name on something that is bad and then mm-hmm. being okay with that. And I think that also takes humility as well. Um, And I think that's a great mindset to have. Yeah. And I think uh, you kind of mentioned this a little bit, but the important realization is that there is a disconnect between you as a person, your value, your worth, and something you create, Mm. right? Just because something that you made is bad doesn't mean that you are bad. 
Wow, right? that's so powerful. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I mean, that that's how I approach rejection, for example. Mm. Um, to backtrack, when I was younger, um, I thought of rejection as if I were to ask a girl out, mm-hmm. they said no, it would, dude, it was crushing. I felt like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm like not a cool person. Um, I took it so personally. But, but the thing is, rejection is not a rejection of your value or worth as a human being. It's just a difference in opinion, right? It's uh, People are at different stages in life. Maybe it's not like mutual attraction. Maybe they're looking for something else or maybe they're just not in that stage of life to be dating in the first place. And I, at least for other guys, I feel like that's a good example. Like other people turning you down or for an artist turning down your work, that's not to say that you're worth any less as a person. And I think mm-hmm. it's important to really understand that. Yeah, I, I so agree. Yeah, it's not it's nothing about a person's value or worth, but it's more about just like the situation and things like that. So I think it, when you understand like everyone has different, you know, things that that's going on in themselves and, you know, things like that, um, it helps you understand that, understand rejections and things like that, not as personal, but more about the situation of like, okay, this is a situation and I'm okay with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a question. So this is something that I ask everyone um, who is on my podcast. Um, mm-hmm. If you were to write a letter to our generation, a letter that starts with these two words, dear millennials, what would you write? Hmm. That's a loaded question because millennials is a wide range of ages. <laughs> uh-huh. I believe it's um, something around like 23 to 39 or something as of now. Because <laughs> yeah. we're, we're at like the tail end of it, right? Yeah, we're kind of in the younger end. Mm-hmm. All right. Dear millennials, stop doing things just because people told you to do them. That's good. Yeah. yeah. That's and I, I say that because, you know, as millennials, we get picked on a lot by the previous generation, the boomers, mm-hmm. um, when we are where we are at because of what the boomers raised us and told us what to do, right? Not to like, not to hit on that generation because I just think they didn't know better or they weren't as educated. They didn't have the same opportunity that we did because they came from a generation of war, mm-hmm. right? I think for us, we have the priv- privilege, the knowledge and capability to now make very educated decisions and very intentional decisions with how we spend our time, how we spend our money, um, where we send our energy and what we decide to do, how we decide to change the world and be present in it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's so true. It's so good. Um, for those who are listening, how can they find you? Where can they connect with you? Oh, uh, if you if you want to follow my life, you can find me on Instagram. <laughs> it's uh, chus dot life. It's choose life because my last name is Chu, and it's just my life. It's not anything crazy, but uh, that's where I am. I'm down to make friends on Instagram. Um, on Facebook, 
actually, I just don't use Facebook anymore. <laughs> I use yeah. it for Messenger. <laughs> um, I guess Instagram is the place to find me. Um, my YouTube stuff isn't out yet. My books aren't out yet. Oh, um, you're writing a book. Yeah, I've ske- I'm scheduled to release at least five books this year. So, <gasps> wow, we'll that's see. so exciting. Can you tell us yeah. a little bit about what the book is going to be on? Sure. Uh, well, the first book is called Starting Over, which is kind of about what we shared today. Mm-hmm. It's uh, talking about my journey um, changing career paths away from dentistry and why I struggled so much with doing it before, uh, like why I didn't switch earlier and really understanding the, the institutions that affected my psyche that caused me to believe the way that I believed. And so one of the things that I write about is living in a capitalist country, mm-hmm. you know, um, living in the U S I love it, by the way, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going anywhere, but with a capitalist type of economy and mindset, we're frequently taught to judge things based on their features or, uh, what a product can provide for you. And, companies sell products competing against each other just to outdo each other. Like, Oh, one of them is cheaper, for example, or the other one has additional features that the first one doesn't. And growing up in that kind of culture, that's how we learn how to value things. And unconsciously, that's how we learn to value ourselves and value other people. So we start to think of our skills as selling points. Like think about, creating your resume to go to an interview, right? You try to write as many skills as you have because you kind of advertise to the company, hey, this is me. You want me. I'm valuable, Mm -hmm. right? We do so many things that are reinforcing our mindset that our value comes from our capability. And I think that's kind of a sad way to look at the value of human life as human beings because we're more than what we're just capable of doing because First and foremost, we're learners, right? Any capabilities, you can just learn. Anything you already had is because you spent time learning. But your value also comes from characteristics like kindness, for example. Like I'm, I'm big on kindness and uh, how you interact with others. So yeah, the right. book is kind that of sounds, about that and some that other things. That sounds so good. I want to read it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so awesome. Oh my God, I think... You are truly a gem in this generation. And I think like, you know, I think people, (laughs) I think, I really think a lot of people would be encouraged, inspired, and that, you know, they would take a lot of value out of this, this um, interview. So thank you so much for making time to be on here and to talk to me and drop your wisdom and knowledge on on life. So I really, really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys learned a lot from this episode. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share with a friend on Instagram and tag me at Sharon Killon Han. And also, please leave us a review and rate us on the Apple Podcast. This would help us be heard by more people and it would just help the word get out. So I would really appreciate it. 
And thank you so much for being here. And also, um, I've been getting some messages from people telling me about, you know, how they've been listening to my podcast and, and sending me little notes about some of the things that they've learned and, you know, what, what they got out of the episodes. And that really makes me feel so happy. So if you're listening to this episode and you got something out of it, uh, send me a message on Instagram. It would really make me happy to see and I would love to connect. So thank you so much and hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week.